Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 408 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. If you have been uh, doing the math and following along for the last few weeks, you know that we are now just 12 weeks away from episode 420 in my quest uh, to get Rob Van Dam to be my guest on that podcast is continuing and today is a blatant uh, shill for that, I will fully admit, as I am doing a wrestling under the influence and dedicating it to RVD uh, with a beer called Hot Fudge Monday. We'll get to that though uh, in just a few minutes and and why I picked that beer for uh, RVD. Uh, But as I mentioned, uh, you know, it is episode 408. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Heath Hatton was my guest here and we talked about the Stride Rumble, which was coming up and it actually happened uh, over the weekend, Saturday night, uh, September 10th. And I feel like my voice is is back at least mostly to normal, but it was a, a very intense night, and you could probably hear the dogs barking in the background now. But um, you know, it was a night of of great action. Um, there is a new Stride Pro Wrestling No Limits Champion in David Lee Walker, who beat Bud Galloway in a dog collar match. Uh, we also got to see Heath Hatton and Cash Borden face off in a brutal uh, match that uh, saw Hatton get a victory, uh, unexpected, by the way. I think the way he kind of rolled him up and, and, and put an end to that. Uh, but it's led to a challenge now that on October 22nd, Cash is putting his career in stride on the line as he faces off against Heath Hatton in a casket match. So that's going to be exciting as well. Dexter retained the Stride Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Mike Masters, but will face the winner of the Stride Rumble, which is Peyton Ayers. And and the Rumble itself, I'll get to in just a second. That match, by the way, that championship match happens Saturday, October 1st. Uh, We also saw Axel Albert and B-Rad retain the Stride Pro Wrestling Tag Team titles that they just recently won uh, against the team of Jimmy Razor and Dalton Diamond, who were representing the Forgotten. Um, I mentioned the Rumble. It was 30 participants uh, from Stride's past, present, and future. You know, we had trainees that uh, entered into the Rumble 
like C.W. Ray and Jeff King. Uh, we saw comebacks from Tony Flood and Jerry Travelstead, which they locked horns, and I imagine there's going to be more to come between those two as a result of that. Um, we also saw Farmer Billy Hills come back. Dalton Anthony made his return uh, to stride that night. Um, just so many great talents. Josh Totten was there. And, and made his return. And then, you know, your staples, Axelbert and B-Rad and Cash and Heath um, were all a part of it as well. Uh, up-and-comers like Logan Ridge um, was a part of it. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and list all 30 participants, but you can go back and, and watch the Stride Rumble uh, from top to bottom on the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page. And be sure to stay around on there because uh, we're going to be talking more about October 1st, as well as October 22nd, uh, as we head to Pinckneyville. The other big news of the night, Sam Hunter making his return and is the new manager or advocate, as he likes to call himself, of uh, of Peyton Ayers. And Peyton won that uh, stride rumble, last eliminating Farmer Billy Hills. Um, so definitely making a statement for sure. You know, I think Peyton Ayers, Heath and I have talked about it here on this podcast. You know, he definitely a rising star, not just in stride, but all around. And I think that uh, the future is very bright for Peyton Ayers, no matter uh, what is next for him, whether he wins the championship on October 1st or not. I think that he is going to be someone to contend with and has been someone to contend with since coming into stride. Oh, gosh, I guess probably about a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe two years. He's he's come a long way very quickly. And, and when you find a talent like that, you definitely want to, um, you know, see him succeed and, and see him shine. So lots of great talent on the Stride roster. Again, check out Stride Pro Wrestling on your favorite social media platforms and uh, be sure to Stay tuned for what is happening next. Like I said, two big shows coming up in October. Speaking of supporting, uh, when you go to prowrestlingtees.com slash my123cents or collar and elbow um, or thigh huggers and use promo code my123cents, you save money for one, but you also are supporting uh, the men and women at Stride Pro Wrestling and making a difference. And, and so, uh, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, we don't have, uh, big arena shows where we're bringing in thousands of fans. Um, you know, we don't have merch sales that are going through the roof. So every little bit helps in keeping, uh, stride up and running and, and a viable part of Southern Illinois and the entertainment here. And, you know, based on the rumble and the attendance that we had, it was a standing room only crowd. I can't be more grateful and, and thank the fans who came out. A lot of new people, a lot of new faces were out on Saturday night, and I hope that uh, they come back and join us for more. It was held, of course, at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion, Illinois, a different venue for us than our usual uh, Stride building, the Stride Arena, which holds right now, uh, I would say, between 80 and 100 fo folks. Uh, I, I would say we were close to, if not over, 300 on Saturday night uh, with the Stride Rumble. So I don't know if it was the attraction of the Rumble, uh, so many talents coming back, um, but it was a great night. And I hope that if you are listening to this podcast and you were there, that you come back and enjoy more. And if you weren't there, I hope that you come out and check us out and, and see what all the buzz is all about. 
Now, speaking of buzz, I mentioned wrestling under the influence and a uh, little brewski called Hot Fudge Monday. Um, And this one is from Mirror Twin Brewing in Lexington, Kentucky. My wife and I and some friends visited Lexington. Uh, We were in Louisville and Lexington, but uh, we made a stop in Lexington specifically uh, to hit up a couple of breweries. And this one really stood out to me. It's my new favorite brewery. Um, I've already had several of their beers. I did a flight while we were there and then brought home a few. I've done a review of one uh, called Juicing the Weasel. Or wheezing, juicing the weasel. That that's a whole different thing. It's uh, called wheezing the juice, uh, and that uh, review is available on TikTok. And you'll see a little bit more on TikTok of of this as I plea out to Rob Van Dam to be a guest on episode four twenty. Which, by the way, last week he liked the tweet that I put out. So I feel like you know, fingers crossed. Maybe I'm I'm making an impact. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. We'll wait and see. If you, again, happen to know how to get a hold of RVD, please let me know or let him know that I'm not some crazy psycho fan, that I am legit and uh, have a podcast and a blog and all that good stuff. And uh, I'm trying to uh, get him to be on the pod. But anyway, back to uh, the brewing company first. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Mirror Twin. Again, it's located in Lexington. They have a lot of fun named beers. They do a whole Saturday morning cartoon series. Um, and on Saturday mornings, which we missed this, but uh, from 11 to 1 on Saturdays, I don't think they do it every week, but they had a, uh, you know, the, they were doing their cartoon, uh, Saturday morning cartoon inspired beer. Uh, and I eating cereal, they had uh, uh, one beer there that was, uh, that had some Captain Crunch, I believe was the cereal that they used in it. But anyway, uh, fun cans, fun names, and so far, every one of them I've had has been good, so, uh, but we're going to try this uh, 5.5% ABV, that's alcohol by volume, it is a brown ale with cocoa nibs, marshmallow, and chocolate ghost peppers, so let's give, give it a pour. Now, the ghost peppers intimidate me, because I am not a big spice uh, guy, I'm not a, a, a total fan of trying uh, hot things. I do like my salsa mild. Um, I go and get Thai food. I usually order it at a level two. Um, So that tells you a little bit about my taste buds when it comes to spice. And part of it is it gives me terrible heartburn if I, even when I do the mild salsa or the level two spice on my Thai food. So this may leave me with a little bit of heartburn, but that's okay. You know, um, when I saw it on the menu, I'm like, I've got to try this, but I wanted to do it uh, as a as a review and not just try it at the at the brewery. And so I didn't get a flight of it. Instead, I bought a can. They have individual cans for sale, 16 ounce uh, cans. So let's go ahead and give it a try. It's a nice dark brown ale. Has a great chocolate cocoa aroma to it. So so far getting high marks and and the appearance and in the aroma. Uh, I love chocolate. So, and that's another reason why I went ahead and got this. Okay. At first you really get those cocoa vibes, but I'll tell you after a second or two, after you've swallowed, 
My tongue is slightly on fire. It's not bad. I can feel the heartburn. If it, it's not bad. Um, but yeah, you definitely have the spice. And I've had some spicy beers. I've had a, a local brewery here does one. It's a, a jalapeno. I believe it was a jalapeno beer. Or no, was it? No, it was a Reaper pepper. It was a Reaper pepper. And I will tell you, it... I couldn't even drink it. I was at a, a, a brew fest and had a, a sample. You know, they do a, those small pours at those brew fest, and I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. It was. I, I just ended up dumping it out. Um, but I'll tell you, with this, um, it's not overwhelming. It's there. the The heat is there, but it's not to where it makes the beer not enjoyable. And I don't know if that's because the chocolate. Or the cocoa nibs that are involved in it, or what? Um, but I've had, you know, I've had the jalapeno beers. I've had the spicier beers. I've even had a couple that were like kind of a smoked aroma and a smoked flavor to it. And all of those, I I, I don't care for. I do like this. I, I will tell you, it's not a beer that I would sit and drink multiple cans of or multiple glasses of. Um, but I will tell you, it, it is something that is flavorful and it's unique. It's, it's a unique flavor. The chocolate again, though, is really good. And I think that kind of helps to mute a little bit of the ghost pepper. Um, but it's, it's an interesting idea an interesting concept. Uh, and I don't, uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. And, and in fact, I, you know, on my TikTok uh, review, I would give it a, a three count, as they say. So I, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And, you know, I picked uh, RVD as the topic one, because full disclosure, I've said it multiple times, I am trying to get him on this podcast. Um, and I don't know that he's going to see this or if it, this comes across his uh, timeline, if he thinks, well, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's Hot Fudge Monday is the name of the beer. And, Rob Van Dam, for a time, was known as Mr. Monday Night. And I'm not going to talk and, and dive into RVD's uh, ECW past as much. as so I'm going to talk a little bit about WWE, because that's where I primarily saw him. I do remember, and I'm going to save part of this, part of my story time of, of RVD, for hopefully episode 420, when uh, I'm going to be optimistic when he is, is my guest. Uh, I remember, though... The very first time seeing him, it was in a Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It, I believe it was the year in review for 1990 or 1991. And they were saying, you know, this is... They always had a little section where it was usually three or four different wrestlers. And they were like, who to watch in the upcoming year? And like I said, I think it was who to watch in 91. And I'm going to uh, attempt... To say that say his name and I and I believe if I'm if my uh, memory serves me correctly this is his real name and I and I don't know I, I've not I don't know that I've ever heard it said but it's Rob Zotowski I'm I'm, I'm guessing at that uh, but that was that was the name that you know the the wrestler to keep an eye on and he stood out to me because even in those early days he looked like to me like a young Jean-Claude Van Damme, who at the time was a, a huge movie star. Um, 
I had seen several of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme's films, and if you follow Heath or Tyler on social media, you know that he is a huge uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. So I'll pour the rest of this beer into my glass. Um, so, you know, simply put, uh, he had that look, I think, of that... And, and I'm going to, again, assume and guess, and I, I haven't read his Wikipedia page, and I don't, you know, I don't know the full story behind where uh, Van Damme came from, but I would imagine that it was the similarities that he had with Jean-Claude that, that led to that. Um, I remember, you know, some clips and, and seeing him uh, in ECW back in my college days when uh didn't always have access to cable and wasn't always able to watch, but I saw some of it. And this was really when the birth of the internet was was going wild. And I was reading and following. I would go to the school library because I didn't have a computer at that time. And of course, obviously, smartphones weren't a thing. This was would have been like 1995. I would go to the library, the university library, and get on the computers there in the computer lab and go to uh, Rec Sports pro wrestling. And, uh, I loved reading those, those boards. And it was, I, I feel like at that time it was a lot less negativity, but there was a lot of rumor and innuendo and things that, you know, whether it was true or not, and, and, you know, who's really posting this stuff and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, I can remember reading some stuff about RVD and about ECW and really, kind of becoming a fan of him at that point, you know, seeing him in ECW, to me, he was one of those that stood out, um, amongst these wrestlers, you know, there was a lot of, um, uh, kind of, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that doesn't come off sounding insulting, but RVD was, was one of those guys that to me helped, legitimize and and legitimize isn't the word I'm wanting but I'm I'm at a blank right now but really kind of made ECW it gave it a a, a more uh, big time feel I guess it wasn't just a bunch of guys and and gals out there uh trying to kill each other um RVD wrestled and had you know some great matches and and uh of course his his frog splash uh is his you know, up there with, with the greats. Uh, and so, uh, you know, when, when ECW, uh, eventually, uh, and I'm using air quotes invaded Monday night raw back in 1997, about 25 years ago now, uh, that's where RVD got that, uh, Mr. Monday night moniker, uh, from Jerry, the King Lawler of all people. And so I think that in those early days of, you know, that agreement between ECW and, and WWE, uh, RVD, again, was one of those that kind of stood out. And to me, RVD is, uh, you know, if I'm putting together a Mount Rushmore of ECW guys, for me, RVD is on that, uh, without a doubt. Um, I would also probably put uh, Paul Heyman on there, obviously. Um, and then, I, you know, I kind of I debate between the Dudleys and Sandman, Taz, you know, Sabu, they're all, they're all up there and they're all greats. Uh, but to me, RVD was just one of those guys that helped with that crossover appeal, um, of bringing 
the ECW product in front of the WWE audience, which, you know, obviously WWE fans, you know, I, I do feel like, and, and at one time, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I watch ECW and WWE and WCW and, um, you know, Smoky Mountain and World Class and, you know, back in the early days, uh, you know, USWA and World Class and Mid-South and UWF and all, you know, I was watching everything, the AWA, and I was a fan of it all. But I think that, you know, I, because of geography and because of availability of, of syndication and, and product and whatnot, that not everybody was watching all of these things. And so, um, you know, Rob Van Dam was new to that Monday night audience. And, you know, I, I've heard criticism in the past and I thought it was ridiculous until you really sit down and think about it. You know, when Ric Flair jumped to the WWF in 1991, there was a, a, a population, there was a contingent contingency out there that didn't have access to WCW or, you know, Jim Crockett promotions and, and didn't know who Ric Flair was, or maybe didn't know what a big deal Ric Flair was. And so, I I understand some of the booking decisions and philosophies uh, back 30 plus years ago. So, you know, RVD, again, uh, resonated well. I thought he did well um, representing and and holding his own in WWE. And of course, obviously, then after ECW uh, went out of business and Vince McMahon had bought both WCW and ECW. You know, RVD was one of those big time players in the whole alliance and and invasion and all of that. And I know there's a lot of criticism about the way that all played out and how it went down and and whatnot. And I think WWE did the best that they could with what they had in terms of the WCW names. You know, they didn't have Hogan and Hall and Nash and Sting and Goldberg and Steiner and uh, but who they did have, they worked with and, and developed. And, you know, we saw, um, you know, Booker T really shine and, and rise in the ranks. And I, I would say after Booker T, I'd put RVD in that, that second place category as far as who kind of rose to that superstardom. Um, you know, cause I feel like D- Dallas page, you know, diamond Dallas page kind of floundered, um, I'm trying to think of some of the others because, you know, there were a handful that were already in WWE before the invasion actually happened. But, um, you know, RVD again goes on and, and wins the Intercontinental Championship, goes on and wins the Tag Team Championship with, uh, you know, the unlikely pairing of he and Kane. Um, I believe he and Rey Mysterio were the Tag Team Champions. He and Booker T, as I just mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago. Um one tag team gold. So I I just feel like he was one of those utility players. And this was in an era uh, when tag team wrestling, to me, kind of, they were doing more of the uh, two solo guys putting them together and let's see what they can do. Maybe they didn't have specific plans or an idea for someone. And so to keep them relevant or keep them in the title hunt of some sort, they were put into tag team situations. And I, and I don't hate that. And I think that, uh, you know, of those combinations I mentioned, I did like the unusual pairing of RVD and Kane. Um, but I do think that RVD and Booker T were also a great team. You know, he, again, he's one of those guys that whoever you put him with, it's going to be good uh, opponent or uh, as a tag team partner. 
Now, 2006 rolls around, um, and Chad and I and our friend Jeremy, that was our first WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania 22 in Chicago, and that was the night that RVD won Money in the Bank. Um, and we actually, we Jeremy and Chad and I dressed as the Spirit Squad, and this, again, is before smartphones uh, are really a thing and and unfortunately there is a video clip somewhere out there on youtube of us doing one of our cheers because we as we were the spirit squad we were making up cheers and i don't remember many of the cheers but i remember the one cheer ended with give us what we want to see put the belt on r v d and that of course was uh in, in honor and tribute of him competing in the Money in the Bank and us uh, kind of hoping that he would win and cash in. Maybe not necessarily at WrestleMania, but that how cool would have that have been? But, um, you know, he wins the, the Money in the Bank and eventually goes on to beat John Cena. He's the ECW and WC, or, uh, WWE champion. And then unfortunate circumstances happen, and again, not going to get into all of that and and what what your stance is, and of course, I think you know now sixteen years later, uh, marijuana laws have have changed significantly, and like I said, when RVD is on episode four twenty again, fingers crossed, uh, I'll talk more about that and 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 my opinion and thoughts on it as well and, and get his because I don't want the interview to just be about RVD the wrestler but I, I want to get into more details about you know his life and, and, and what he's doing um, so anyway uh, I'm gonna kind of leave it at that because like I said I, I want to get more into uh, his career and his life and and whatnot on that uh, upcoming episode but he's one of those guys that I was was disappointed when he he left the company um but I'm always glad to see when he comes back and was really excited to see that he uh was going into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, a well-deserved honor uh, a well-deserved um you know recognition for him one of the all-time greats and, and one of those guys uh, that I think even today at, in his early 50s could still get in there and uh, really uh, make a difference in the ring. So uh, again, cheers to RVD and cheers to Hot Fudge Monday and here's to having a great week. Folks, have a good one. Thanks for listening and we will talk again very soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.